Welcome to Anime Archives with your hosts, Ernest and John. We're back, another week, talking about some more anime and classics. Yeah, we would dove back into the archives this time for uh, one of the old school animes. I mean, it came out, I think, a while ago, and it's a lot different than what we usually watch on the day-to-day, right? Yes, for sure. Uh, so this anime itself, I mean, uh, let's just kind of go dive into it. What is it called, man? Uh, Akagi, uh, or in its Japanese name, Tohei Densetsu Akagi Yamini Maiorita Tensai. No way. Was that long? No. Wow. Well, good job. But, yeah. It, or uh, its synonym name is just My Jong Legend Akagi. Oh, okay. So that's probably what so that means. Cool. So, yes, uh, this week we're talking about a anime that's about gambling with a game, My Jong. If you don't know about that game. Be aware that we also didn't know anything about it ourselves. We had no idea. I mean, we're going to be honest with you. This was kind of the wrong anime because we thought it was something different at first. We thought it was um, Kaiji, Kaiji, which is uh, same producer, studio, same Same art style, same creator, but just a different person uh, along kind of a similar time period. And so we originally thought this was that because that was an overall gambling anime. And this one is specifically for the game Mahjong. Now, I never played this. Ernest never played this. We had no idea. Every time I think of this game, which I always think of on computer back in the day, you would match tiles. It was like a matching game. But that wasn't real Mahjong. I mean, that's just what I always thought it was. It was just like one of those bullcrap games you played on the computer. I don't know. I just remembered like Asian tiles and like symbols and having to match that up. And it like they overlapped over each other and on top of each other. Again, that's what I thought Mahjong was until you had us go through this anime. Honestly, it looked like uh, when, when I saw it being played out, it looked like dominoes. American game of dominoes. <laughs> yeah, if I was to compare it now, I would say it was. it's almost like rummy and dominoes uh, combined because it's tiles but they also talk about using three of a pair of suits. I mean, there was like different honor tiles or uh, class tiles. So it seemed like it seemed like it was very similar to uh, like a, a rummy card game slash dominoes combined for like one full thing. So before I dive into the anime itself, I will give a, a brief kind of understanding of uh Mahjong if you're interested in playing it. So, uh, it's a tile-based game that was developed uh, during the Queen Dynasty. That's about s- during the time period of like 1636, if I'm not mistaken. I'm assuming in China? Yes, it was in China. originally in China. Uh, yeah, 1636. Um, it spread throughout the world since the early t- uh, 20th century. So I think we may have taken the idea of Mahjong and turned it into other games. If it's so similar, because I don't think Domino's existed before uh Mahjong. Um it's commonly played by four players with some three player variations found in Japan, South Korea and South Asia. This anime completely deals with uh four player system, but honestly it's four player system but two players head to head the whole entire time. Like that's how the gambling is like two people are competing with each other. The other guys are just there to have the game go. It, but it's mainly between those two. Uh, the game and its regional variants are widely played throughout Eastern and Southeastern Asia, have also become popular in Western countries. So, uh, but oh, actually, you're right. It is similar to Rummy, oh, nice. and it's a uh, it's a major on game, and it's a skill, strategy, and calculation with a, a degree of chance kind of game system. Will I ever play it? I don't know. Probably uh, not, unless I have a friend who actually loves it. And will teach me it. And that's what's kind of what does make it a little frustrating because I would have no problem in learning it and trying it myself, but we would have to have a friend that was well versed in it yeah. before we even give it an honest shot. 
But honestly, I'd rather play poker because I played poker with a group of friends and you don't need four players. Well, while you were also looking uh, or um, kind of reading us kind of the background for Mahjong, I was curious to see if there's uh, professional Mahjong players just like poker players. Yeah. And it's not nearly on the same degree as poker just because poker you can win millions of dollars where uh, the average is anywhere between $600 to $3,000. So even professional Mahjong players – you have to have a main source of income. They can't just yeah. rely only on, you know, this one source. That's so cool. something that's kind of interesting. Cool. Good money, yes. So let's uh, jump into Akagi, the Mejong legend of Akagi. So the synopsis of this anime is, while Mejong is a game that is often played with families and friends, it's also a game played in the darkest corners of society. Nangal is a compulsive gambler who has accumulated debt over 3 million yen. In a last-ditch attempt to clear his record, he decides to rager his life on a game of Mahjong with the Mafia. Unfortunately, as the game progresses, Nangal only moves further from the prize and closer to death. When all hope seems lost, the game parlor is suddenly intruded upon by Shinguru Akagi a young boy on the run from the police. Desperate to turn the game around, Nagao hands the game over to Akagi after teaching him a few of the rules. The Mafia can only smirk as Akagi sits down to play. However, they soon come to learn that Akagi is a natural-born gambler, an imposing figure who does not fear death, one who is destined to become a legend. Thank you, my anime, uh, my anime list, and... Uh, Wikipedia for these information I have for this day's episode. So, what do you think of the synopsis? Just hearing that. Sounded kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounded a little boring right there. Yeah, so like, again, because we don't have a cultural background with Mojang, like, for instance, if it was Texas Hold'em or poker or something like that, it would be easier for us because we would have some form of background with it. But this right here is a whole different one. It's a different time period because this takes place a long time ago. I think what back in the sixties or seventies. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah Berlin time. And, so yeah. it takes place so in that definitely time after. Period. I think it's definitely after World War Two. Uh, Two. Yeah. When Japan is becoming more uh, industrialized. Industrialized, America's. but they were also going through an economic crisis. So yeah, there was a lot. Sure. Of, it was practically like their depression yeah. as well. Yes. And so. It was a whole different time period, plus a different game that we had no idea about. And because some of the symbols would represent things in that language, it would be it was hard for me to base anything kind of off that. Yeah, me starting this anime almost for a second was like, is this the right thing? Because I was expecting when I thought of Akagi, I was thinking of Akagi, so I thought about this person going to this battle system, battle royale gambling system where it's life or death mm-hmm. where if you lose you get killed yeah and it's that tension and like this guy per, per persevering during this time but when it started i was to see these guys play me jong and this got kid walks in wet after we find out he was playing chicken with these other kids and he was just like i didn't break because if i break it would have been a lot worse and he was just like that ballsy we find out he's kind of a very impulsive gambler looking to face death like the ultimate fear. That's what I get from Nakagi, the vibe he has. I got, yeah, I got more. The kid wants to die. He had no issue in terms of that. I mean, what I got was a, he's almost aimless to the point to where he does not care. He sees no value in his own life. I mean, I get, well, I can see no value. I think he's very like strict on his beliefs and that he is willing to die for whatever principles he has. Like he's looking for the ultimate rush. And usually that involves losing something that would result in death, kind of. Yeah, like I mean, he want he, and that's why kind of throughout it, he's always trying to up the next bet because he knows if he loses, he would then chop off a finger or yeah. an arm or his own death, which he's avoided multiple times. For or- sure. And at first, I went from watching, uh, like, just wanted to plan to watch thirteen episodes of this anime watching about 22 i'm still i still got a few more to finish off this whole little series arc they have but the arc i'm on is so popular that there is actually a live uh action adaption of this arc mm-hmm. that they have with the guy who plays prince of tennis as akagi remember the voice the guy 
in the live action Prince of Tennis. He was in Gantz too. He played the invisible. I think so. Guy. Yeah, I think so. Look at him. But there is a live action adaption of it that I was going to check out, but did not have the time. And because I didn't finish the main arc. Anyways, uh, let's go on to how this came to be. So Akagi is uh, directly from a manga source. Uh, it was written by Nobuyuki uh, Fukumoto. Uh, he is known for uh, Jen Tuken, The Legend of the Strongest uh, Kurosawa, Ten, and the one that we thought we were about to watch, Kaji, that is also on that uh, Crunchyroll. Uh, so Akagi is actually a spinoff of the manga Ten, in which Akagi was a, a supporting character. So Ten, uh, Ten eventually got its own anime adaption, but Akagi was such a cool character in in uh in that series that it got the anime first. It got the anime adaption. That's kind of cool. I'm curious to see. I mean, it's kind of like a what was it? It would be the Iliad. You know how. The Homer version, the Iliad, yeah. has a bunch of a uh, bunch of different perspectives in there, depending on uh, who's fighting where. Yeah, and then right after that, he made the Odyssey, which is then all about Odysseus, is like because people liked him as like such a side character. Oh, yeah. So same. It sounds like it's very similar. I'm curious to check out that ten if Akagi was in there at that time, even as like you know, kind of a floating background character. It'd be really interesting yeah. to see. And I like how this character, uh, the creator. I like how all his uh, manga all contain in the same universe. You ever think about that? Like, do you like when if creators are given the chance to have like their own little own universe of characters interacting? I love it because to me it gives it a lot more depth. It's easier for me to believe in that world when I know there's so much more that goes through it. And I mean, that's why I like, for instance, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Because all of them are in the same world, and sometimes they'll kind of just like a special guest character will pop out that was across multiple different games. I mean, I really like how, for instance, they're all in the same time period. And I, I mean, ignorantly, because I don't know when Kaiji uh, was around. I don't know if he was before, after, or at the same time period like Akagi was going on. Mm. Like, did Gina? Do you know? Uh, I think it's uh, a little bit later. I think Akagi's uh, much older mm-hmm. at the point it is. Uh, so he gives like some points. This is more like this is focused on when Akagi was younger and already became the legend that he is in ten. Uh, but this also reminds me of this kind of like anime style. Reminds me of Crows. And how Crow's creator has his own little series, like Worse, and all this. Crow Zero, he has all these little things of set in the same universe, just different uh, years in the high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you just hear about whispers of that character you like from other ones. And I always like that, because it's like, I, I eventually get attached to that specific character. So I always want to know, for instance, what happens after. The main character you never see, but you see the side character. Mm-hmm. He's like, damn, what's the main guy doing? It's like probably working a construction job or something. And they're like, <laughs> it's so messed up because it's true. <laughs> just so sad. I was like, because you can't, because at that time, uh, just being a juvenile, being the shit out of people, can't really make money. No, by that time. I mean, you would Maybe. rob dollars off people. You're not, <laughs> yeah. you're not making much. Yeah. Uh, so uh, first, it was published by uh, the Teke Shobu. Um, and, uh, it's magazine was called Kendai Mahjong. So Akagi manga was published in a completely Mahjong, uh, mag, uh, magazine. So we talk about all Mahjong. If you loved it off fanatics and it has these little clips of, Hey, this, this little small series about Akagi and his adventures. It makes sense. They probably do that with all the anime, especially in Japan. Like I'm sure Prince of Tennis was in one of their tennis animes. Yeah, more f- sports focused one mm-hmm. magazines. Uh, it's de- demographic. It's considered a sinin. Um, but I think it's very mature for a sinin. Well, so. that's what sinin is. I mean, it's mostly more meant for adults. the mature audience. So, it, and it makes sense because, I mean, they talk about life or death all the time. You don't want this to be like introduced to like a thirteen-year-old. So, uh, this series originally ran from June first to nineteen ninety-one. How long do you think it ran for? For Akagi. Akagi. Well, if it was, it's only 26 episodes, so I'm assuming it probably ran for three, four years. I uh, ended its run February 1st, 2018. 
Wow. Uh, Wait, are we talking the manga? Or are we the, t- manga, oh. the manga. Oh, no, I thought we were talking about the anime. Yeah, yeah so okay. Give more context. Uh, okay, so the, the manga. Big. So the anime just covers uh, two big arcs and the biggest one, the third one, uh, that I, we both haven't finished yet. That is like this more of a death considered one where another genius. We'll talk about it when we get there, but it's kind of cool. Uh, but it ran until 2018, so. Very popular series, um, thirty six volumes, pretty cool. Do you know if it's more popular than uh, some of the authors' other works? Uh, from what I, from what when I was looking at things, I think the biggest one is Kaiji, mm. and then uh, the spinoffs of Kaiji are the bigger ones. I think this one didn't have enough because uh, those things came out later. This one, uh, Kagi got more recognition if you were a fan and still want to look into more works of it mm, so you that's can fair back and look into this one um so there definitely a cog and because akagi is so focused on Meijong that again it's sometimes like you see a more specific market if you like that rule it's almost like playing card fighters or something that card game like you gonna watch that or are you not because you don't want to play the card game fair uh so let's get to the anime so it was directed by yuzo saito and his assistant director was Hiroyuki Tanaka. Uh, and it was written by Hideo Takayashiki. And music by Hideki uh, Tanuuchi. With the studio being Studio Madhouse. You know anything about... Well, I, I'm assuming obviously you know about Studio Madhouse. Because we... I always, this is what I always debate on when I was uh, like taking my notes and everything about this. Like, shit... If we eventually studio anime studios become so big that I was reading this one article about the fear of uh, the smaller independent studios being beaten out by bigger ones, especially when you're bidding for anime series. So there may come a point where we're talking about the same studio over and over again because it's going to be like a big three, almost like a capitalist society mm-hmm. where the bigger company is going to beat out the money of an independent studio of bidding for someone's contract for mm-hmm. anime. So. I looked to see if I ever wrote about talked about Studio Madhouse in my notes. I never looked like I did. I think this is the first time, but I'm very familiar with Studio Madhouse. I mean, I know we've mentioned them yeah. for sure, but in terms of actually going deep into it, I don't think we've ever really gone deep into it. Just because I think this might be the first anime that we've done uh, that's more of, that is a Studio Madhouse anime. All right, just checking. So. uh... Yeah, Studio Madhouse was founded in 1972 uh, by an ex Mushi Pro animators. So uh, it it's been going on for about 47 years now, and has some popular animes. That I'm gonna list out uh, some ones that I wrote, and then I have you. I'll have you look at some. See if you want to talk about it a little bit. Because some of these are ones that I know for a fact we will eventually. And let's see if we've both about, watched them. Uh, Trigun. Both watched. Uh, Card Captor Sakura. I watched that. Uh, Boogie Pop Phantom. Nope. Sakura Wars. Doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, you it's actually. It? Uh, I didn't watch it. I have the video game. They rebooted this the franchise on mm-hmm. PlayStation Four. Uh, now it's almost like a Gundam, not like like a Dynasty Warriors co- card game, a battle game. It's actually pretty fun. It's like a dating sim with fighting. Oh, that's interesting. Once I finish it, I'm gonna let you borrow it. But okay. I think you'll like it. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, it made one of my animes that you introduced to me, and I instantly fell in love with uh, Hajime no Ippo, the fighting. Uh, it also, I did not know this at the time, but it also made they did Gungrave. I didn't know Trigun and Gungrave was made by the same studio. Madhouse did that. Yeah, Madhouse did Gungrave. Oh, that's a really interesting. I didn't know that either. It's interesting. Gungrave, great. I, I still love the anime, but it's one of those animes like I would. I'm not gonna compare it to uh, Berserk, but it's like. One of those where the past is more interesting than the present. Mm-hmm. So, kind of thing. It's one of those. Uh, they did Paradise Kiss. The was... one we tried to do, but couldn't find a good legitimate We couldn't find nothing it. on that. I think, uh, they did Death Note. And they also did Hunter x Hunter. It was a few I watched. But mm-hmm. if you want to scroll down to boom. We could well, they did that. also the first season of One Punch Man. And so if you really oh, like yeah. the action or the way it was drawn in that. Because a lot of people gave flack uh, for the second season. Because the action scenes were a lot more toned down, so and less action. Honestly, it was, 
Oh yeah, it was definitely. And also, we got to mention they had Parasite the Maxim too. Oh, Cuz Parasite was an amazing have, show. I, I didn't know they did uh, Perfect Blue. I know we're going to do eventually one of our episodes we're going to sit down and watch that one. I'm trying to get a group of friends together to watch Perfect Blue and talk about it. So that should be a fun one. So they ended up doing like Ninja Scroll as well. Chobits. They have a lot. I Paranoia remember... Agent. See that so we must have talked about it yeah, at we, least yeah, at we some point. Okay. Tenjo Tenge. Back Mongolian Chop Squad. Ichigo 100% was a great one. Tenjo Tenge. That's, uh, that made me mad. Uh, John introduced Tenjo Tenge to me, and, and there was like two characters. It was this, this uh, cool main character and his friend Bob, black guy. I was like, oh, black dude in Japan, man. This is going to be cool. Two friends being ass, learning how to fight in school. Bob got pushed to the sideline. The only great thing about Bob is he had, at least had a fine girlfriend. He had yeah. a bad bad. A bad bay. They always hoe that character, they though. Ho- I mean, like Chad from Bleach. Chad like, yeah. I was like, what the? They do that quite a lot. I'm tired of people getting like. I just get honestly. It, it, the truth is, you just got to write your own series and uh, hopefully make characters stand out. They well, did Hunter. Oh, Vampire Hunter D. Bloodbust too. Yep. They also did the Irregular and Magic High, which is a really popular one as well. Creepy. Um, yeah, I mean, it has some weird moments for <laughs> sure. I'm not gonna lie on that one. High School of the Dead. <sighs> Rest in peace to that person. That sucked. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, overall, I'm a. It's easy to say that I'm a. Oh, no game, Old no Lord. life. Dang, I, didn't I could definitely say I'm a huge fan of Madhouse. They have done amazing work. Yes. So whenever they do release an anime, I'm more willing to give it a shot if I know they're the studio that produced it. For sure. Uh, yeah, and uh, the it, the anime's original run was October fifth, twenty fifteen to March 29th, twenty sixteen. Uh, and let's break down some of the characters for you. So let's first discuss Akagi. What what do you think of Akagi as a character? So Akagi as a main character, I mean, he comes across very mm, doesn't really have emotions. Yeah, like he's. To me, a, almost a bland character just because they try to give him a lot of depth, but he doesn't have too many like real conversations with people. It's all Mahjong focused. So it's hard for me to identify with someone who doesn't really show me any real emotions other than an addiction to gambling. I, and also, for a 13-year-old at the very start, the dude's taller than most adults. <laughs> that's not how it works in the 60s in Japan. I, no, that's not it. I, there was a lot of times I'm like, I don't understand the logic of how the plot, like that scene got set up on multiple different bits. But again, starting out as the main character, he definitely grows on you just because you do know that there's that, that bit of madness there. And I enjoy that aspect. I really do. I like how deep he is. I mean, because he's really logical and he doesn't mess around. I mean, he's one of the smartest characters in anime that I've seen so far. I like Akagi. I mean, overall, I think it's it makes sense why this series is uh, around him yeah. oppo- opposed to like some of the other characters. What what did you think about him? Um, I, I blame when you come to like height. I didn't even think really think about it, but I definitely think it's just the art style. Um, the art's very art unique. Art style gave him two cool. feet. You, you definitely have to see it to look at it. I think I actually really dug it and liked it because it's so different than what we usually see. And I like. I know this is uh, this came out uh, <clears throat> in like the early two thousand, yeah, two thousand five. So it was definitely it wasn't copying like some of the animes that came out then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went strictly from the source material, the manga, and I thought that was cool. <clears throat> I think Akagi. He is, they don't ever say like, they make him seem like he's more, he's not really a genius per se. He just, he's a great gambler and he, he, he can calculate. He doesn't do things based off, because uh, there's other characters that are introduced, like based off like logic or number calculation. He does his decision based off how he he analyzes and, and uh, breaks down how a person's like, what's it not not motor skills but like a person's like a person's psyche psych habits uh psychological things and he really analyzes the things that they do like are they willing to uh 
you know, push the envelope or are they willing to, like, are you willing to dive in because you believe you have a better hand or are you a defensive person? Like, I'm going to pull back a little bit. Uh, And that to me is what shows that Akagi is a genius because if most of the time he doesn't know these people before he plays them, he sits down and then he put, he does his own risk. He makes his own calculations and then he's always adjusting on top of that. And if he sits there and he attacks you and you go, okay, like when I naturally get attacked, I always go on the defense. He makes like small little mental checkoff notes where he really dives deep into the who you are as a person. How far will you push the envelope? How far will you go? Because he will not break before you. And he's willing to go all the way. He has no problem putting his life on the line. And that's something that me and you will never really understand. Because we've made bets and we've both lost bets where we were pissed off. We lost that could have financially hurt us or just annoyed the crap out of us. But we've never been in a situation where we've put... Fifty thousand dollars on the line, and if you don't pay that that day, you're dead, or you have to immediately chop off your arm if you lose, and stuff like that. I mean, so the high stakes gambling, it's I mean that style of adrenaline rush is it's amazing, but it's also absolutely terrifying. Yeah, and we'll never really understand. And it, it really made me go, uh, like what you just said. Like I, it's one of the reasons I hate gambling, I hate losing money, and I don't have confidence enough in myself gambling wise. Say so I'm willing to bet that much. I'm willing to be like, hey, I know exactly I'm that confident in my hand and I want to get, lose my arm or lose a finger for it to get it done. And that's what's good about this anime is they go deep in terms of like the psyche of a, of a gambler. Yeah. And where they it's a life or death on the dot you know, they're always walking that top uh, or that tightrope. And if something does happen, they can fall off on either side and it could be death at any time. And you see a lot of these characters uh, eventually do have a breakdown because they realized, oh, I have 30 million on the line. And then at that point, it's life changing money for anyone to any degree. And so I I like that because, again, it shows that there there's a mental strength that's in gambling. It's not just chess or just chance when it comes to this. A lot of it is you have to have that mental fortitude to be able to stick by your bet and be able to add some form of habit or pattern to it so that you can keep staying one step ahead of your opponent and try to actually win. And I never really thought about that in terms of just, you know, whether it's Texas Hold'em or anything like that, the psyche of that person that's putting all this on the line, whether it's like an all or nothing hand. It's really interesting. Mm, Yeah. Uh, for sure. Right now, I want to go into like I'm not going to go into a spoiler alert too much, but I do want to talk about each arc a little bit, though, or at least the main ones for the 13 episodes, mm-hmm. and kind of hint at the future ones and see what you think of some of these characters. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the first arc had Akagi kind of come to support Nagao, this guy desperate enough. So, I want you to put kind of put you in the the shoes of this person. So. What happened was to make Nagao get, trust this 13-year-old kid was that uh, Akagi just sitting and watching the game after Nagao kind of vent, uh, vetted for him, saying, like, oh, he's my my nephew, came to check on me if I didn't come home at a certain time. Uh, because he wanted the game to slow down because how the tension it was getting, it was gambling, that Akagi just watching the game and, and, and not really knowing the rules, just sitting there being observant made the gal kind of make this desperate bet that he was about to pull back. He's like, hey, actually go for it. And he won the hand. So if you were in the gal's shoes, John, would you, and you know that your life is online. If you lose this game, you, you will die and they will sell your body part for you basically uh, to, but this either clear your debt or die. Will you bet in this kid who kind of helped you out last minute, who seems very like above everything else? It's hard to say without ever being in such a situation because I feel like it's all about what your gut is telling you at that point. I mean, when somebody walks into a room, usually your gut naturally tells you whether you can view this person as a threat or like a a neutral person. Mm -hmm. And because we've all had that one person walk in the room where we've immediately been on guard for for some unknown reason, even though we didn't know who, who that person was. And so for me, it's like if that per if they walk in, they're a kid. You realize your life is on the line. You've been on a huge losing streak. 
It's not in your advantage. And you have that feeling in your gut of, oh no, it's not going to turn around. It's, I feel like I would have no problem in being like, well, I already know I'm going to lose anyway. What else do I have? Like, why not? So if your gut's saying, hey, there's something special about that person, do it. Take that risk. I can definitely see it. It's just hard to say, hey, 100% I would do this because I've also never had my mind kind of get slowly crushed yeah. under the weight of knowing, hey, if this hand doesn't work, if I do the wrong thing, I play in their, their hand, I could, I'll, I, this might be my last night alive. Yeah. Like, what about you? What do you think about that? Because that's a uh, deep situation. I think it's powerful. I, I, uh, just from what you're talking about, I remember this one time in tennis where I felt this immense pressure and tension of feeling lost and something like this is the first time I ever felt like, I don't know, I would feel like fear, like almost like I was about to lose everything and my walls are crumbling. And this is doing a, a varsity, like a stay on varsity match. And I was playing against uh, Ray, a uh, person we know. And, and I don't know if he did this on purpose, but like before the match, he looked at me and said, if you lose this, you're not going to be on varsity. I don't know. <laughs> and, and I was like, I shouldn't lose to Ray, but he was doing really good. And during the match, I think it was like a, we were playing a three, a best out of three, a three set one. He beat me during the first set, like came back and beat me. And I was just like, it was, he was a player, uh, at least to me, like he would do things where I would expect someone else uh, above level to do something else. But he would do these things where I just like, I don't know, maybe mess up, maybe find my flaws and mistakes where I was so like vulnerable, like seeing the terror wear down and like people everything was getting darker and all other matches was over and it was just ours. And I was like, I'm about to lose everything. People were just watching us where I, my system su- shut it down. Like I'm going to be real. I, I pissed myself a little bit. I tinkled myself just a little bit during that match. Real much dread was coming over me. And I was like, I need a break after that first set. I was like, I need a break. I need to sit down and think. And I'm not sure. I mean, I think I talked to you a little bit and you kind of gave me a little pep. And like Aaron and everyone else, our friends, like gave me a little small talk, went back, and I was able to kind of overcome because I just went back to the base. I said, I'm not going to try to have a finished match. I'm just going to play the long game. And I was able to beat him out that way. But still, it was one of those things where I felt like I was about to lose everything I had. And I wonder if that's kind of what the guy was like, you're going to do bet everything all, and you're going to rely on someone else. Like, hey, i got to rely. And my relying was more like, instead of me trying to be like, oh, I'm the best, I'm going to end things quickly on this guy. I was like, let me just go back to the basic, play things safe, and let someone else be the one, uh, you know, making the mistakes instead of me uh, being like, and that fear get to me. It's stuff like that that you'll probably think about realistically for the rest of your life. Just because, again, it was such a, I mean, a grit experience, yeah. such an experience that will make or break you. Because, again, most people could easily buckle under that type of pressure. Your back was against the wall there's a chance that you wouldn't make varsity at that point. Yeah. It'd be like, it's a vulnerability that's exposed. Cause now you're like, Hey, my friends are here. Nah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not even there. What the heck's going on? And it, it's frustrating. And then it's like, you also have so many other factors. The fact that none of us were hydrated back then. We never yeah. drank a bunch of water. For instance, we, most of us drink pop or energy drinks and stuff like that. We didn't have a proper diet going in. I mean, with what we were eating in the mornings and, you know, with sugar pop tarts and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Like we, there was a lot of different factors, but and then you'd have the sun. And when you have a three hour match and then all of a sudden you've been doing it for two sets, you're on the third set and the sun's still beating down on you. And then all of a sudden you're like, I, this is all or nothing. It, it takes a special type of person to either break through because most people will usually break under those conditions, but you use as building blocks and build on it. And then it's that lesson kind of applies for the rest of your life in so many other different venues. But you've also noticed that just like, you know, Akagi, what Ray did was so unorthodox because it went against a lot of standard logic. And because it was so weird and there was so much pressure because obviously you had a lot more pressure on you than, for instance, he did when it comes to that. Because yeah. you had a lot more allies, a lot more friends. And so it was, was like bigger like for I was you. Losing more, yeah. Exactly. You had a lot more to lose. Yeah. So it's like you have probably been the closest to feeling what 
some of these other people have felt going against Akagi where you almost felt like you had the advantage. And then all of a sudden it's almost this fear of this all can come crashing down. It's like a house of cards, but it's a learning experience as well. And it's a unique one that you probably might not feel for the rest of your life, which is good. For sure. Uh, yeah. It, it definitely showed me the, the power of competitiveness and the power of when you feel like you will, lose more than you can like i would never be able to like maybe go like how it showed the short span like you can do things for many years but i've been doing this longer than this person i should be able to beat them and there's gonna be come a time with someone who just started can just leap and bounds ahead of you sometimes and you got to realize hey there's always someone who might be more naturally gifted at something to you or just hungrier than you are mm-hmm. and you got to be it's an endless battle, which makes me love competitive sports. Like, I mean, there's millions of people out there. So it's like there's always going to be somebody better, somebody hungrier, and somebody working harder, somebody that's dedicating more. And it's something that we didn't – I mean, we knew, but I don't think we really realized it kind of growing up. But when you also see it reflected in anime as well, like Akagi, it's really interesting because it kind of brings you back to that place. Going back to it, uh, so the first arc, uh, Kagi is able to save Nagao, and it, it was such an intense match for him because Nagao kind of saved Kagi too by saying, "Hey, that he wasn't here when this <clears throat> cop is investigating the chicken run." Oh, my voice is just like uh, hurting. Uh, this guy's investigating the whole chicken match where a kid got hit, injured because they bet Akagi driving, and Akagi won because he didn't break. He just was willing to just dive in and survive. Uh, the police officer being this guy. Yeah, uh, Yasuko. Yasuoka. Yasuoka. And honestly, he, he's a police officer. Who want, like, I thought he was like, I want to get my man. But he's actually pretty kind of he corrupt. He's, he plays a game. He's a, a shady bit. cop. He yeah. has connections <laughs> yeah. in the mob, in the Yakuza, and he has like connections yeah. outside of it. He wants to make money as well. So, uh, Eventually, he sees he knows Akagi's uh, is the person who did it, but he sees how much money he's willing to bet that him and a gal bet on Akagi to face his big first arc, which is against his. I, I want to say they introduced this guy as being like kind of legendary and like a top pro in the Majong world uh, named Ichikawa, and this guy was blind playing Majong, and he was like this very like almost gave the vibes as he was on the same level. Of Akagi when they made this bet because Akagi was went in to get a gun because he was dealing with some stuff, and this guy he noticed that oh this is the guy you're gonna play with. So what do you think of Ichikawa, the first big uh, attackiness of the first arc? Well, I liked how they introduced him as a character because they started with the whole like Russian roulette in a way, for sure. And that to me is always interesting, and just knowing that this kid had the balls to kind of pull that off, and then. Uh, how he, Ichikawa turned it around. It was like, no, now you have to do that to yourself. And pretty much like put the ball in his court and like made him then do the like a round of that. I thought it was a really cool introduction for uh, what was really going to come. And then like as a character, it just shows that uh, you think they're kind of on the same level because they both have no problem in risking their life. Yeah, and so it sets a really good stage for what's going to come. Yeah, tension. You almost like is Akagi going to be able to beat this guy? This guy seems like a whole another le- whole level. It's set up though as like a metaphorical passing of the guard, though it seems yeah. like because you have like someone that's incredibly old, and then you have someone that's young, that's yeah. kind of coming past this. So it's like you have experience versus an unorthodox style, new yeah. style too, because he was. <laughs> He's, he didn't really know uh, Mahjong for a while. Yes. And he was just learning as he was going. And Ichikawa kind of was like, like say I'm like similar to you, Akagi. Like, I, I, the reason I'm blind is because I played, I was willing to risk my life. And I played Russian Roulette. And I, I lost. I, I, you know, it went off kind of thing. Uh, so it was cool seeing this guy. I won't talk too much about what happens. Uh, but it was interesting seeing that after this match, Akagi had such a rush from it that he ended up disappearing for a few years. And I, I'm going to be honest. I'm always a fan of time skips. Whenever it's, Hey, they're going to disappear for four years and come back. I feel it gives the author, uh, unlimited directions. Cause now 
they can go in so many different ways. Whether there it's one, I mean, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, any type of, you know, anime itself where there's a training arc, but you don't have to watch them actually sit there and like grind it out. I, I enjoy that. And so I was stoked to know, hey, five years happened. Now he's not a kid. He's starting to become like a young adult. Yeah. What did he learn in that time period? Hyped me up. I liked uh, the time skip because how different Akagi was. Like, and before, uh, it's like, I don't know. Like, they don't like tell you like, oh, he's been trained or something. But you can imply that he's a different person, but still similar. Where uh, in the before, he had he ran into issues with uh, the guys he played chicken with because one friend got injured, so these people were gonna beat beat him to death. And Akagi planned ahead that hey, I'm gonna have a gun. And these guys were beating the crap out of him so bad that he was like he was smiling. And they were like, "Why are you laughing more? I will kill you." He's like, "I'm just wait. I'm just making sure that you beat me enough that if I once I shoot you guys, it'll be more justified and believable because you guys almost have me near death." And then I didn't think he he would do this, nor did I saw it coming where. He shot the guy. He shot one dude in his legs both uh, both times. He shot one shot, another shot. I didn't think he he was that ballsy. Where he's like, "I'll do this and put this down," but well, all three of them had weapons. Yeah, no, he he, he was just. I just didn't think. I thought he was just going to use it as almost like a a leave me alone kind of thing. But he really did shoot him. Was like, "Come at me." He knew he had to shoot him yeah. because if he didn't, they would always come back and target him. And yeah. all it takes is one walk up, hit to the back of the head before you're in their their mercy at that point. So it's like for him, he had to strike fear, make sure that they will never come back to me at all. They will never do this again. And I like personally when people handle it that way. Yeah. That's how I, I would appreciate seeing a main character deal with things. It's making sure, hey, this isn't you know happy-go-lucky world. If I let you live, you're gonna uh, you're gonna at least walk away with this, knowing that you're lucky. I could have ended your life and be justified in it. And I like even the time skip where uh, when they fought, uh, like he got stronger and he was being the crap out of people from from things that happened, like bets and stuff. Uh, so after uh, Ichikawa's arc. Uh, I will go into the next one. I think, uh, did you finish all of the Yurabe, the guy with the Crooked Teeps arc? Yeah. Yeah, you finished all his? Yeah, I'm on uh, pretty much as they're transitioning into the next arc. The next like, arc, okay. I'm on that transition period where they're, like, saving Akagi in a way. Oh, okay, okay. That part. All right. Uh, Yurabe was goofy. I, his teeth was wild to me. Pissed me off. I yeah, hated he seeing hated that. It. He annoyed the shit yeah. out of me. I hated his character design so much. I think he, it was funny looking, but it is like... Honestly, I didn't think... I think it was a little too much, but... Yeah, I, I won't go. Actually, I won't. I was about to talk about dental in Japan. I won't do that. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was funny because I, I think it really showed the difference between... Because the reason he's there is because uh, there's a guy impersonating Akagi, and they say, oh, this guy is Akagi. Or is it a fake? It's a real Akagi. You can come to find out he's obviously a fake, and the dude is actually just, he's all about calculations. He's like, uh, you've seen that 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 uh, movie 21, remember? Like, he thought the guy who could count cards in his head, he would yeah. do math. Um, he, he basically did that. He, he, he guessed by the the calculations how many dice and stuff were in the pair what you could possibly have to order to beat so that was with his that his logic was like everything is logic based and no one would do anything that's wild and crazy to throw it off so everything has to be logical in the game of drawing comes to find out that no not everything is and he starts to lose and prove himself at being weak to a point where akagi comes in to save him and what was cool about this arc was that akagi I uh, was there to challenge this dude first, but he ended up challenging Yubei because Yubei bet all this money. And I loved how Kagi was able to turn Yubei, uh, the same, use the same tactic Yubei was using uh, against the guy who was impersonating him against Yubei. Mm -hmm. Like, like when I love the when a character can say quick lines where it's like, "I have less to lose if I if." It's not my money I gotta pay, but if I'm the guy who betted my my boss's money up to this point and loses it, what happens to me? And he's just like, oh, <laughs> completely turn the psychological turn. around, like around. 
Like it was a huge attack right there. And it was also true because Akagi's not Yakuza. He had no part. He was going to battle them. He got summoned there to battle one of their reps. Didn't expect to be in that match, but he knew Akagi entered that room and was like, ah, I'm out. I already know what's going to happen. And I thought that that to me was so badass. It was such a boss ass moment. Yeah. I'm gonna go out like I'm not even watching this guy. I already knew, and so it just shows again. You just see hints of Akagi's uh, strength and mental fortitude, and I really liked it. And so, I mean, again, they do a good job. At least, if you take the uh, Mahjong out, which I know is irrelevant and makes the whole thing kind of mute, mute at that point. But you just watch the anime, even if you don't really know what's going on in terms of the game itself, and just watch the attacks that they're doing on each other. It's really interesting. And so overall, I mean, with the 13 episodes, what was your, what was your kind of thoughts over him? I mean, did you like it? You said you were going to, I mean, it hooked you enough to watch the rest of it, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, before we get into like the openings and ending, uh, yeah. Akagi just hit me like, I don't know. It just, I loved everything about it. Uh, even though I didn't get Majora, I just like the characters and I love the, the psychological kind of battle. It's one of those like th- very like thinking anime. You don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And it, I just like the system of gambling. I remember you were going to actually want to hear what you had to say. Cause you was going to compare it to the similar. Cause it is different. Cause this one's completely on Majong, but compared to the gambling anime on Netflix, uh, uh, See, I can't compare it to Kakiguri just because Kakiguri has so much others involved. If it was Kaiji, for instance, it would be way different in terms of the comparison. If I was to compare this anime with anything, it would be Yu-Gi-Oh! Because at this point, it was a specific game with life or death consequences. And like the whole end of Yu-Gi-Oh!, for instance, it was if you die, you go to the Shadow Realm. You're dead. And so, and then they would just all both have their strategies and try to mess each other's like strategies up. So if I was to compare it, I would be like a more tense Yu-Gi-Oh than anything like myself. And that's not to take anything away from it. Cause again, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah. I still don't understand how to play Mojang. I still don't understand anything about it, but uh, 13 so, episodes in, I liked it. One of the perfect comments I read uh, just after I finished the episode was like, one guy was like, "I don't know anything about mahjong, but I do know I know how to I know how to cheat mahjong now." <laughs> For real, uh, Kagi would Kagi pretty much adapts to the player he playing. So the, the players are cheat, he would do the same thing. Where it's like, "Oh, okay, you scoop, I scoop," kind of thing. So I almost thought like, "Oh, Kagi's only good because he's gonna cheat." But every episode or every arc following, it was more like, "No, he wouldn't do that. He would adapt to see the rules that the other player has and use it against him." Like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you wanna do that? I guess I can do it too." And you can't really call someone out when you can do the same thing. It's similar to Kakeguri in terms of they don't try to get the rules in their favor. They want to be an even playing ground. Yeah. They enjoy the actual aspect and spirit of betting and gambling, not putting myself at an advantage just so I can win a bet where that's what most of their opponents try to do. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, its opening and ending, mm-hmm. and then we'll go on to uh, our recommendation. Our yeah. Okay, so Akagi's opening song is called Nantoka Nare. It's by the artist Furu Ido. And here it is. That was about a minute of uh, the opening theme song. So, John, what did you think of it? I mean, 
That guy puts his heart and soul in for Akagi. He sings his heart out. I never put that on my playlist. Uh, I was trying to... I need a next episode probably going to look up the type of style of singing this is, but um, I thought it worked for like the time period and setting. Like, I think it was like a ballad, one of those ballads. Yeah, like, for like the 60s? Soft. Yeah. For, Makes sense. For the era, so I didn't go like, what the... This has nothing to do... It wasn't like how when I played the Berserk song, the... Uh, tell me why that one. Uh, yeah, that one was ridiculous. Like, like you said, it didn't fit. This one fit the theme of like, hey, this is gambling. It's like more of a soft uh, techno aspect of it all. So that was the intro? That was the intro. And now I will go switch to its ending. And what is the ending theme song? It's called... Uh... Sorry. They have weird names for it. It's like, oh, this is completely for Akagi. Honestly, it's just called Akagi by Maximum the Hormone. All right. And here we go. If I'm wrong, hey. Actually, no, that's, that's what it says here. It's called Akagi. So it's if I'm wrong. By Maximum the Hormone. So I'm not wrong. I don't think you can fuck you. Actually, I'd never, I've never I've never listened to it all the way thing, through. But that First of all, I, does he say fuck you at the start? Because it sounds it, like it. Second it's of all, in Japanese, so I'm not gonna say Second of all. <laughs> did he burp at the end of yeah, that? Yeah, he did burp. I was like I've, I've never listened to that song all the way through. I never did. I thought it was gonna be similar to the intro, because of how it starts. Man, I was like, oh damn, it's metal. Some heaviness and then it was all over the stops place. Stops and becomes like a little ballady, and then it, he burps at the end. So yeah, that was a Kagi by Maximum Hormone. And I heard Maximum Hormone before, so when I heard the name, I was like, "Oh, these guys do pretty much heavy metal." But I did not expect that. All right, let's go into our uh, intro. What do you think about Kagi? Would you recommend it? Uh, would you put it back on the shelf? Something that you'll go. It's hard for me to recommend because even though I enjoyed kind of the the mental aspect of it through the later episodes. Uh, if somebody has limited amount of time, it just seems like there's so much out there. It would be hard for them to want to stick with this compared to some of the other stuff that's out there. So it's like, again, if you like more of the my of mind games, you like kind of a, a chess match where there someone's attacking, someone's defending and they're trying to out strategize each other. I think it's a good one right there. But overall, it, with the theme of it, it's a very niche anime for a specific type of person. Yeah, It's kind of like, for instance, uh, if you watch iShield, for instance. You can't really recommend iShield to everybody because it's a football anime and a lot of people don't know football. So it would be hard for me to recommend this one to the average person. It, I would only be able to recommend this to someone who hardcore watches like a lot of anime. Yeah. What about you? Um. I hear what you say about iShield. I think the difference between like this and iShield is like iShield sometimes during the anime would explain concepts of how football rules work and stuff. Like little breaks give you the viewer kind of idea. This one does not do at all. They but held it, their hand a lot. Yeah. And this one, it would be like a flash of the rules and then it'd <laughs> yeah. be gone. And it's like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm continuing. Like, and then sometimes characters talk about certain things that you can do to which hand beats which kind of thing. But unless you know what you you don't, and it's all in Japanese voice acting, so like it takes more time. Uh, 
honestly, for me, what made me love it, I would say do do this three episode world. But what made me like this anime a lot was how easily I just fell into the time going by. I never felt like I was looking at the time. Was like, damn, this is dragging on. Mm-hmm. Everything just transitioned well, and then I realized I was five to six episodes deep in. You got caught up in the yeah, story then. It just goes in so well and blends that I just enjoyed it that way. Um, my personally, I would recommend it if if you watch an episode and it doesn't feel like it's it's a, a haul or like a, a drag for you. I think you would watch it. I think it's a, a cool break anime from all these like big action sports one, big one, where it's all about guys sitting in a room mentally battling each other. And you might not know the game, but you kind of care more about the characters and how they engage than you care about what dice comes out kind of thing or what results are they in just like how sometimes in Yu-Gi-Oh uh things happen where if you're a player you'd be like that logically makes no sense that mm-hmm. card or that card doesn't work that way that the shell describes it cuz yeah sometimes this one definitely this feels more way. realistic yeah. in terms of you feel the pressure in Yu-Gi-Oh you're always like that hard of the cards is bullshit but in this one, it's more like, oh, man, there's a lot of tiles. It's all chance. It, it just felt more real to me. And it's just really interesting. Just imagine being in those rooms where it's just you, three other people, betting a bunch of money, and everyone just chain smoking. <laughs> like, yeah, either way, it's a good one. It just has a very niche audience. So going forward, is there any final thoughts that you wanted to uh, wrap this up with? Um, yeah, I, I'm going to finish off the series. I got hooked to it. I'm going to finish off the arc. Um, and I really like, uh, when we archive at animes where I have no idea about it, I had no expectations and I'm just finding things where it's like, oh, wow, this is to me, uh, it made me, uh, ask John about finding like hidden gems, ones where you don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. You just find it and you're like, wow, I never heard anyone talk about this. But this anime was great. I, I found another one that I'm interested in checking out that's similar to Common uh, Rider. Mm-hmm. That was a spinoff series that I'm thinking about we might do because I found that it's also on VRV. Um, but I want to check it out first before I do it, just like I did when I was comparing these two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really enjoyed Akagi and I'm even more excited to watch Kaiji since I have kind of the vibe of this one. Mm-hmm. And there we had it. Do you have a song that you are uh, prepping so that we can end this off on? Yes, because I uh, talked about Madhouse, Studio Madhouse. And one of the a- animes that was brought up when we talked about was one that I love dearly. To this day, I think it's one of the greatest sports animes ever. I don't think it gets the respect that it deserves, and it d- does need another season. I remember when it's uh, like a few years ago when its latest season came out. It didn't get the love that it deserved, and I was mad at Crunchyroll users because I was like, hey, forget what you're watching. Forget Yuri on Ice. Watch my boy, Hajime no Ippo, because it's good. So I'm going to do its, its first uh, one of its openings uh, from the uh, Hajime no Ippo Rising opening, and it's called, um, it's by, it's, the name of the song is uh, Yankan Hikau by Wasurune Yo. I loved before I go on this, I love Hajime Ibo's song so good that when I was in the military and I had a, like a PRT test where I like you got to pass the test in order to where you fail, kind of pass or fail. I would get on like I, I either riding or if I was on the bike, I would play all Hajime Ibo's intros just like on YouTube and just sit my thing down because it just got me pumped up. I was mm-hmm. just boom, boom, boom. Where this was one of the first animes where I was sitting on my chair rocking around like I want to do it. To a point where I loved it so much, I wanted to get into boxing. I went to my dad. I was like, Dad, uh, I want to box. I want to learn how to box. And he completely goes, son, you bleed easily. You got a big nose. It's not going to work. Completely <laughs> stop that real quick. Damn. <laughs> Say, hey. But I think he was right. And I didn't at the time realize how much of a brain damage sport boxing is. If you're either gifted or not gifted at it. Okay. But here it is.
song is just so good. Uh, freaking love. I freaking love Audrey Epo. I want to rewatch the whole series. Uh, but that's it. Uh, until next time, this has been Anime Archives with your hosts, Ernest and John. See you guys later. That song Bye. was lame. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> <laughs>